uh, black hearts on my card again. At the crib telling your girl that we should order in. Gentlemen, welcome to another installment of Right the Radio. It is I, the effervescent, eloquent Bobby Dubs, here with Vince Quinn and Matt Merite. Gentlemen, how y'all doing today? Dubs, what's up? Nothing much, man. Just here to talk a little sports, talk a little craziness. We got a lot to discuss. A lot of things ripping the seams of the social fabric that is Twitter in the sports world today. So <laughs> we got to get into that. Oh, crap. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, we do. Well, in due time. In bienvenue due time. to everyone. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, shout out to Taylor for interrupting us with the go music and making sure that we didn't launch into a list of Eagles wide receivers that Ike Hilliard <laughs> is better than. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, say what you want. But Trash and Pinkston went through a lot more NFC championship games than that guy. <laughs> God, I I, I know. No, I, I don't think that's. I don't think that was their fault. <laughs> yeah, carried on the back of yeah. James Thrash, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles ride the wave. Pinky baby, Pinky. Fred X went to a few too. <laughs> oh goodness, don't mind me. Anyway, <laughs> before we delve into the the football world, we do want to start with with the bright light of the Philadelphia sports scene, which is the Sixers. The Philadelphia 76ers currently are in first place. They are literally a game away and some other stuff from happening to clinching that one seed. As they move closer to that one seed and we start to think about playoff basketball, I just want to hear from you guys your thoughts on what the rotation might be. Guys, you absolutely don't want to see in the rotation. I got a few. And then absolutely, like, you know, what this team could do moving forward, seeing how is they'll probably get one of the better uh opponent schedules in the playoffs you're looking at maybe in the eight playing a Boston and then four or five it could be New York Atlanta in the second round that that could be pretty sweet to get to the Eastern Conference Finals without literally breaking a sweat so how do you guys see the, the, this roster forming and what they go into with the playoffs well, I mean, I don't want to see Mike Scott's tattoos. I don't even want to see Mike Scott warm up. Like I <laughs> long lo- distance high five. I love the guy, but no. If I see anything other than like a high neck tattoo, no. Don't even get near the court. I want Mike Scott in the back row. <laughs> well, for me, the weird thing is, what do you do with Shake? Because for them, I mean, you're going to play like you have the luxury now if you can ride Ben Simmons in the playoffs, especially Mm -hmm. if you need that defense and you play him for 40 minutes a night, he can do it. So to have a guy with that kind of ability is great. You traded for George Hill. You got him in the rotation for shake to then be a part of the equation where he's had struggles during the year. Like how many minutes does he get? How involved do they use him? When do they use him? To me, I, I think that's one of the more interesting questions. It's it's like that, and then obviously when you get to the Nets, what do you assuming you get to the Nets, it's like what happens with Matisse and how many minutes does he play and what does exactly. that look like? And, and those are the major rotation questions to me. Yeah, I think you're right because I think early on they may be able to get by with not as much of a defensive presence. So you don't have to lean on a Matisse. You don't have to lean on, on Ben for so long. But when you do play those teams like – a Milwaukee or definitely a Brooklyn that can put the ba- the ball in the basket, you're going to need to have some premium defenders out there for long stretches of time. And that's when you're going to see Shake maybe fall to the wayside because I believe George Hill is a better perimeter defender 
and you're going to need that with guys like Harden and Kyrie that jack up shots that are potent from anywhere on the floor. So, yeah, it, the, the lineups will shift, I think, uh, as the playoffs progress. I think early on you can get shake minutes. You can maybe, like we were talking about earlier, Vince, you can get Maxi a couple minutes if you're mm-hmm. looking for some spark plug. Hey, what can he do? Something like that, maybe. Especially if games get out of hand, you might have guys like that that can come in. But I think you're definitely going to see a lot early on in the playoffs just to save and be for those series that really matter. You're going to see maybe a little bit more Dwight Howard coming off the bench because he's shown that <laughs> sometimes he can give you something like he – when I was at the game, they played Atlanta, he gave you a double-double. I think he had like 19 and 10. Uh, so you're going to see guys like that make an impact because this whole thing is about being as best as you possibly can when it comes down to those later rounds and you're playing the best possible opponent. How insane is that, that we're talking about Dwight Howard getting extended minutes <laughs> in the playoffs in 2021? It's insane. It's insane. If you would have told me this, oh, my goodness, 10 years ago – I wouldn't believe you. Four years ago, I wouldn't believe Even you. Even two years two ago. Two years ago. Before say, that yeah. Lakers championship run, you're like, Dwight Howard? He's on your team? What? Seriously. And for him to be like a popular guy in exactly. Philly, the whole He's thing beloved. is crazy. <laughs> Dwight yeah. Howard is now beloved in the city of Philadelphia. It's wild. It's, but the other thing is, too, like I love that you're we're talking about this. Is like, yeah, in the first round, you know, you can screw around a little bit and like try some things out. I mean, isn't it amazing to be a one seed and just assume that you're going to walk over whoever the hell you get in the <laughs> yeah. first round? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there are teams that you worry about. Like, uh, I mean, there's nobody that's going to beat them. But, for example, yeah. if Beal is all right, I know he's got the hamstring thing. So him and Westbrook and the Wizards is an eight seed. It's it's a pain in the ass. You know, like you don't want to deal with that in the first round. Yeah, Russ, sure. Russell get 14 points, Beal get 50 and the Sixers will win 102 to 68. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not really worried about those two because like all of that fancy stuff and we see it and we just lauded it and we'll get back to that later as far Roy as Roy Hachimura know. ain't scaring me. <laughs> not losing any sleep over Roy. <laughs> Well, I'm not either, but it's it's the it's strictly Westbrook and Beal, and they've been hot on this end stretch of the season as they've been healthier. And so, okay, is it one of those things where you would because ex- if you play Boston at this point, like Jalen Brown is done, so you look at Boston's like, yeah, give me that, you know, sign yeah. me up for that any day of the week, I'm in. But Washington's just that team that like they could steal a game or two, maybe like probably just one, yeah, but maybe one. It, it's just. I want it to be as easy as possible. It's totally <laughs> selfish. I, I just want it to be as easy as it possibly I can just be. Don't, I'm with Matt. I just don't think all of that that they do, Washington does, translate to playoff wins where there's there's just kind of more intensity and you can't make those crucial mistakes that Westbrook is used to making. Like I watched the game the other day where he set the record and everybody's golfing over, oh, he got the rebound. He came right back down, didn't pass to anybody, and clunked a three off the back iron. I'm like <laughs> – what, what are we doing here? He's clearly he's putting it off, and then he has a game that is apt to have triple doubles. I get it. He's going to do that. He's going to stat stuff. They shoot a lot more threes and longer shots. That means you can get longer rebounds where a guard can get that rebound. He also holds the ball forever, so at the end of the shot clock, either he's going to score or he's going to pass it to somebody who's open because he's drawing the defense because at this point they're collapsing. So I get it. He's going to get triple doubles. That does not, to me, translate to winning playoff basketball games when it's going to come down to crunch time, making the right play, making you sure you don't make mistakes, something that has plagued the Sixers in the past that is not plaguing them now. They seem to be able to clean that up and finish games. Yeah, I don't see any of that 
Bill Westbrook stuff working. Like Matt said, they'll mm-hmm. he'll get off and he'll get a triple double, and then they still lose by twenty five. I have a question uh, to ask on behalf of our good friend Dan Morgan. What do we do with Ferk? Ferky from Turkey. Where does he fit into all of this? I I need to see him play. I want to see him play. I don't know what it is, and I know defensively he's a liability. I get it, but like sometimes you you need maybe that spark off the bench or that guy that's going to hit that 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 clutch three that's going to you know change the momentum of a game, something like that. It doesn't have to be crazy minutes. Like I'm not asking Mm -hmm. him to be the sixth man going into our playoff rotation. Nobody said that, but I do want to see Ferk get some time here. Yeah, he'll get time. Especially in the first round. Yeah, Yeah, you got to give him a couple of minutes here and there, and there's going to be times where like, hey, if they're down and they need to put up points, you know, like Mm -hmm. Furkan's going to get in there because you got to get a guy that can shoot threes. Now, obviously, like, I mean, Seth has been great. He's shooting, what, like 44% this yes. year from three. Danny Green's around 40. So like the, the three-point shooting's there. But like if you do get to a point, obviously the Nets are the horror scenario here. If yeah. you got to play catch up at some point, like he's a guy that's going to see runs. So yeah, but the nice thing is like they've got, and I love using this so much now because I can and it feels good, <laughs> optionality, right? They've got, yeah, yeah. They've got optionality oh, that's the and it's oozing. So you've got these choices where, okay, you can play for Korkmaz if you need to for a couple of minutes. You can play Thibel depending on the situation like totally opposite ends of the spectrum but you can play them for different reasons and still expect good results it's amazing it's amazing at this point because if like if you follow this team uh throughout the past especially like the recent past when they weren't very good and you're you're looking at some of the lineup that would go out and (laughs) the brett brown would put together and you're like who are these five people why are they here and these like did they just get them off the street? And then you like now where you got all these options and oh I can plug a guy in here and here he can work in this stretch. It, 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 it's amazing. You're almost spoiled by it. That game where the Sixers had like eight guys or oh, yeah. nine guys that looked like a Brett Brown team. Yeah, that was like the average <laughs> Brett Brown game anytime. He literally called his guys gypsies before. I mean, like that was that was the oh, all time peak Sixers what? moment was when he called his own players gypsies. So yeah, that's where we were, and now we're here. Exactly, it's amazing. Nobody talks about KJ McDaniel's like where that. Is that. Nobody. Where the this is how it started. This is where we are. Tweet. We need one for the Sixers. It's a whole different team, man. I mean, like the thing that blows me away is for them to win a. I know for all the games they were playing, they're bad teams, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's an it's an easy stretch, but they're winning all those games. I mean, yeah. short schedule. Being on the road for some of these games, usually without question, exactly. Yeah, like these are Brett Brown losses, all of them. That was that was going to be my next point. They're winning games they would usually lose, where you have those collapses near the end, where it gets tight, the pressure is up, and then you get the key mistake. They're not doing it under Doc Rivers. They're just not. They're playing better defense at the end of the games, and they're also, you know, they're getting better looks when they need to make shots that put the game away, and then also. When you do those things, you also breed luck. They say greatness is part luck, part preparation, mm-hmm. and part skill. So, like, you also get those things where guys are missing those last-minute shots that, hey, maybe they would have made. Like, how many times has the other team had the ball <laughs> down two or whatever? They had the ball last, and they just missed a shot, and we win the game. Yeah. Like, that happened just the other night. Like, that usually doesn't happen for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Out, out of the starters, right, who do we think has the shortest leash? Going into the playoffs, 
probably either what Danny or Seth, oh, it, right? It's, it's got to be Danny or Seth, especially Danny if he starts to go mm-hmm. cold. He has those stretches where he can't hit the broad side of a barn, and you got to sit him down. And when they say, "Oh, shooters shoot," you got to let shooters shoot. That's what they do. Nah, I'm no, not. Yeah. I'm not except, sitting through an over Danny twelve. Can go, Danny, Danny can go zero. <laughs> I'm not going over. I'm not sitting through an over twelve Danny Green performance. You can. Cut that shit out. Like Seth, happen. Seth will go three for twelve, but Danny will go zero for twelve. Exactly, he'll be a good over twelve. He'll hustle, but oh god, he'll play D. He'll make his free throws, but they're like every basket will not fall for him, and mm-hmm. you can't add it. He's got the shortest leash by far. But I think what we're what, who we haven't mentioned, who's the most exciting part of this playoff run, as opposed to playoff runs of the last few years, is Tobias. I want to see Tobias, this new Tobias, this new I'm giving you 20 and 10 Tobias in these playoffs and what he can do and how much better of a team he makes them with Doc being, you know, pressing the buttons and being the puppeteer and making him go, making him be the the best Tobias we've seen in Philly. I'm excited to see what he does in the playoffs. That's a great point because mm-hmm. there's so much fixation. It's obviously it's Simmons. I mean, yeah. all the playoff yeah. stuff is just well, is Simmons. What's he going to be like in the playoffs? I think we have a pretty good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's he's you know offensively, you see what he is over the years. So it, it is what it is. But playoff Tobias is fascinating. Like he's he's embraced everything so much more this year. Obviously, Doc and working him in Clippers, Tobias and all that stuff. So what does he look like? Can he be a guy that when they need a bucket? He gives you a good alternative to Embiid. I I hope so. Like I tend to believe that we're going to see the best version of Tobias here, and he's really earned that over the course of this season because he's he's played yeah. well all year, man. It's all year. I think the biggest thing, especially when we're talking about you know how good Tobias could be and continuing his good play over the stretch, is making sure Embiid doesn't take on too much, right? Because he's having this like Renaissance MVP ish type year. And he's like, well, you know, it's me. I, I'm the process. I'm the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm doing. Right? I think that's going to be the biggest key, at least early, just reminding Joel and making sure that he remembers, hey, you have everyone around you, right? Exactly. This doesn't have to be all on you, like it was last year against Boston. Exactly. And we've seen things like that this season, like especially coming down the stretch where they're playing these teams that aren't as good, you get – Embiid giving you 32 and 15 and not mm-hmm. playing the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Like, this is what I'm talking about. You can do you, get yours, get us to a point where, you know, we're good, and then you can sit down, big fella. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He's you, starting to realize that. Yeah, like, all right, I don't have to put it all on me. Let, let me get us to where we need to be and let these other guys cook and take us home. He's and even like said that, that recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had times where in some of these games, just like, yeah, I'm just passing the ball. Like, we're coasting <laughs> to the playoffs, so yeah. fuck it. We're the one seed. Like, I'm just going to dish the ball a ton and let these other guys get confident and comfortable. I want to work on my passing. So he gets it, man. I mean, that's the thing that really seals the deal for me with all this. Because, like, I, I, I'm not even exaggerating when I'm saying, like, every single day I'm thinking about the Sixers getting to the finals and winning it, and I'm believing it more and more each day. Yeah. It just feels like the year. And when you see Embiid having everything together the way that he does, I'm just, how can you not be impressed with the guy? Like, we've seen all the stages of Embiid going from a, an immature kid drinking pitchers of Shirley Temples and re-breaking his own <laughs> foot to being a legitimate MVP, like, franchise centerpiece superstar mm-hmm. leader. Like, exactly. it's it's amazing the kind of growth that this guy's been through. Like, he's there. And I don't, I, don't, I mean, I'm a big 
fan of, you know, being superstitious is just something I have, especially with sports. Things tend to happen when they're just supposed to happen and, and everything makes sense. I talked about that with the Eagles. It just all made sense. It seemed like nothing was going to stop them, mm-hmm. even when Carson got hurt. It was like they played the exact same playoff opponents they played the last time they made the Super Bowl. Uh, with this Sixers team, it's literally 20 years you're talking about from the time, the last time they were in the finals, on the dot. And, you know, it just, to me, says th- this is something special. This is something different. So do we get like Pat Croce running up the bridge again? Oh, we got to. We like, got to put the Sixers yeah. jersey on Billy Penn. All Where, is <laughs> Where is Pat? He's, he's emerged from the woodwork recently. He yeah, was on Glenn yeah. and Ray. Um, yep. he, he did tell us your story the other day, which was which was really interesting. He was talking about how he bought the team and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's like, Pat Croce's out and about a little bit. I think the signs are there. It, okay. Like the cicada. Like uh, <laughs> like Ben Affleck and Jennifer uh, Lopez. You know, like every 20 years he emerges and, and exactly. the Sixers go on a run. <laughs> My my favorite thing about Pat Croce is like I understood that he was like the team owner, but I was like, "This guy's rich, is he really? How did this happen?" <laughs> exactly. Like I thought he was a front man he... for like some secret corporation. <laughs> like how did he get? Like money? I look at Jeff Laurie and I'm like, "Oh, this guy, you know, he's probably dripping in finance and has multiple phones, you know." Or like, <laughs> he's yeah. fucking Gordon Gecko out here. Yeah, exactly. Like Dave Scott or you know. Josh Harris, right, with the Sixers now. Exactly. And I'm just like, but Pat Croce was like, yeah, Pat's there, right? Pat yeah. wants this. Pat's going to house a cheesesteak in disgust if they don't win this. Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, man. It, it, it's great. It's great to be in this position, especially in basketball, where it hasn't been that way for a long time. Like you said, 20 years the last time they made the finals. Remember, make your sacrifices to Sam. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this that's is all that's you, my superstition. Hingy. This is all due to you, Sam Hingy. We love you. <laughs> never forget. <laughs> Sam Hingy, never forget, never forget the process. But I will have to say, from a team and a franchise that seems to be heading in the right direction, we do have to pivot toward a team that uh, has a lot of questions. The Los we- Angeles Lakers? <laughs> 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 play in Braun? Play in Braun. The hell with the play in when I, I'm in it. I love that. Shouldn't be a play in. Last year, oh yeah. Let whatever garbage team you want into the play. Yeah. Last year was different. All right. This this is my hot button issue. Oh, the, right? oh, the, no. me- the Grizz no. can get in? No. Oh, Hold sure. On. Why not? No, 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 no. Last year was different. Last year was, was a totally it? different scenario. They were playing Please the full explain. season. They expected a full season. They suddenly have to cut things short. They have all these games they expect to play. Teams didn't know what it was going to be. And, and they decided, okay, let's add these games on at the end. I mean, part of it's TV revenue and whatever. But you had a lot of teams that were playing just to give them all a fair understanding of like, all right, here's your playoff race. You thought you had 20 games left in the season so yeah. for them to give those teams an opportunity versus a play-in tournament where it's four teams and it's this one and done style like yeah. it's a different beast so I just for him to be supportive of that last year and then look at this this year as like a mainstay fixture and go this sucks I I, I mean I disagree with him I think the playing tournament's great but mm-hmm. they're just different things man yeah. they're, they're very I mean, this, different there's a cause of him knowing the way they've been playing and how inconsistent they've been, that they could lose that game. They could lose that mm-hmm. first game. They could. And and in that case, if they have to go and, and play, I mean, because they're playing play the, the Warriors next, yeah. right now as an eight seed. So if it's 7-8 and they're playing the Warriors, they could lose that game. And then it's just a question of 9-10 and 10 who wins. But, I mean, yeah. you got like the Spurs, I think, are one of those teams. And I, I forget who 9 is, but... 
either way, I mean, they, they probably win that game, but like, it depends on LeBron, man. I mean, he's, yeah. I think he's out tonight. So not good. Not good for the Lakers. Is, it does return at least some semblance of meaning back to an NBA regular season, though, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, over, totally. Like, other than the race for first in the East, like, as usual, this season basically meant nothing. Yeah. Right. Everybody's falling into sort of where we imagine, it, except for that. Yeah, the longer, the longer this play in sustain is going to just lead to you cannot bullshit the regular season anymore because you end up in that play in, even though you're a pretty good roster and you lose because you play a bad game and now you're out of it. You're going to be like, hey, we should have played these starters. We shouldn't have rested. We shouldn't have done this and that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely gonna lead to people having to take it seriously because you can end up on the outside looking in because you took the regular season for granted and decided, oh, I didn't need to play. We don't need to play our starters. We can rest it out. We'll make the playoff anyway and then mm-hmm. start our run. Yeah. What is it? Seven eight seven, plays eight. the winner of nine ten. No. So seven, eight loser plays. of seven eight plays the winner of nine ten. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the loser of seven eight still has another chance because we. Be the higher seed. You have to lose two games to be out. Yeah. So whoever wins seven eight, you yep. get the seventh seed. Whoever wins the the following game, that team gets the eight. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how it plays out. But yeah, that, that whole idea of dodging six, like the the Trailblazers and the Lakers played the other night, and mm-hmm. that game when it ended, you could hear the guy who was calling the game for the Blazers, his radio call, and he's going. In the biggest game of the year, like that—that that yeah. mattered, you know. Like that game was a big deal. It was tiebreaker implications, all this different stuff. For them to beat the Lakers and lock up pretty much that six spot was like that was monstrous for them. Exactly. But you don't want to play those games. So yeah, I, I like the plan. Long story <laughs> short, this is this has been a, a little bit of a roundabout, but and also LeBron is is not a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing for LeBron here all of a sudden. Like uh, even in the East, I think a Charlotte, Brooklyn series has like some compelling elements to yeah, it. Yeah, you want to see LaMelo and against those guys. I want to see yeah, that. Like why not? I want to see LaMelo and Kyrie go at it. I like LaMelo. I like yeah. LaMelo. I I'm, I'm looking around at, at the back end of Mike all this. Bridges kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I for me what interests me is like okay, what happens with the Heat for example? I know as of yeah. like a day ago they had a chance to kind of they could have either been the 4 seed or they could drop into the play in. So like what was going to happen with them and who wants I I get the Heat aren't quite the same this year. They've been all sorts of banged up and just weird, but like I don't want to mess with the Heat in the first round. Man. No. <laughs> like that is not a team yeah. that you would have fooled around with. So that was a, a fascinating element to all of this. And then again Washington like I just I, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. You still win, but just want it to be as easy as possible. Absolutely, I, I, I'm rooting for the Pacers. Yeah, <laughs> Pacers. Let's, let's uh, Pacers yeah. or Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Celtics is the dream because, yeah. like, to stop. I, I think that's like I don't know. Have you guys seen all the stuff with like, hey, uh, why aren't people excited enough about the Sixers right now? Like, everybody needs to be on board. Like, yeah, no. yeah. I think if they beat the shit out of the Celtics at the beginning of this oh, yeah. playoff run, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. everybody's on board now. Like that's the boogeyman. You've killed the boogeyman, and and obviously Boston's not the same, but it feels right. You know, yeah, it just yeah. feels good to squash them as a one seed. So I w- that's I think the ideal is you get them if Atlanta can go to the four spot and you can beat the crap out of them and knock mm-hmm. them out, and then you just face winner of uh, Bucks Nets and go from there. Like that's the dream. Yeah, no. If you get Joel posterizing Marcus Smart, the city's gonna go insane. Exactly. <laughs> Things will burn for a first round matchup. <laughs> Screw 75% capacity. It's everywhere. Bars are packed. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm actually super interested in a Knicks 
Hawks four five matchup. Yeah. I want to. Okay, that's like a, that's yeah. like a series I could never imagine happening, but I want to see it. It's like it's giving me nineteen ninety four vibes. Yeah. I'm like, is Ewing and Mookie <laughs> Blaylock gonna be out there? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like Nick's Hawks. What the hell is Blaylock? this? That is so I, weird. I pulled the names out of the bag. Bobby's got the the encyclopedia here when it comes to these sports references. Yeah, how long has it been since the Knicks made the playoffs? It really has been <laughs> like forever, right? Uh, since Mel, LeBron some mellow, yeah. LeBron was in Miami. Like, yeah, there like, you go. Spike Lee returns to courtside. Nature is healing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Things are becoming right with the universe. So we were talking about a different team, right? Yes. We were, oh, yeah, we were yeah, pivoting yeah, no. toward a different sport entirely. We yeah, about Eagles. that. But uh, yeah, the NFL draft is coming and gone. Uh, we see what they picked up. They went pretty heavy defensively after the the second round there. So I wanted to know, like, were you guys happy with the picks? What positions they chose to address? Also, now with a, a lot of the signings they've had, we've got a crowded running back room. So just your your thoughts on, number one, the draft, the positions they addressed, and then number two, what should they do with that running back room? I love the draft. I did. Um, I, I feel like when you change everything over, you want to learn who they are and what they're going to be. Now, Roseman is the same, obviously, but – for them to re-emphasize, okay, we care about offensive line, we care about defensive line, uh, they drafted team captains. Like, the Dickerson pick tells you a lot about just yeah. what they want this team to be. It's it's We need to rebuild the locker room and the chemistry and all those things, too. So, a guy like Dickerson was that. I mean, did you guys see that one story? He built a gym for Alabama players. Like, he just maintained a gym in a parking lot somewhere, yeah, pretty much. Dude is major. Yeah, so like for them to get a guy like that from Alabama, I get the injury risks and all those things, but I think they look at it as the upside of this guy just on and off is so great. That yeah, that's like, a I, put it, like pick. I did a, a recap of the draft. You can check that on lastoutmedia.com. We're like, even with the injury, like they showed him working out in this stretch he's doing with one foot on a guy that tore his AC. I'm like, what is this? This dude is not <laughs> yeah. human. Like, yo, I want that guy on my football team. It's, it's Brandon Brooks vibes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Like he he's half Wolverine or some shit. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> he's got the healing power. Look, it's it, it it's got that kind of Sidney Jones ish fear factor to it. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it's hard to have passed a guy like that up. I mean, I like Dickerson. I don't particularly like the draft in you know as in it totality? is totality. Yes, in totality, because. Who's going to play cornerback on this team? You're not a big Zach McPherson fan? Not Zach. Zach McPherson. Not a big Zach fan. No. Frankly, <laughs> no, no. No. I don't think. We love your honesty here. Yeah, on I don't Radio. think that this third rounder is now penciled in as our starter, right? What? He's yeah. got a shot. Avante? No. Oh. <laughs> we bringing Rasul back? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Gonna I let Cravon take the outside? Cravon. Strap. No. <laughs> I even like Strap, but no. He's a nickel corner. No. At best. Oh, Can I say something? Yes. Corner doesn't matter this year. Doesn't fucking matter. Because doesn't the matter team's going to be terrible. Doesn't, right. Yes. Yeah. You you have to acknowledge that this team sucks. They have to rebuild the whole thing. And so you're going to have holes somewhere. And they just decided we care about the lines. We're going to build on that. We care about wide receiver. We've been trying to draft that for forever. And it hasn't really worked. So now let's go and get the guy, which is now going to make like Rager better by because he's in a better slot now. Like mm -hmm. all those different things. So they're solving a lot of stuff here. And if, if you're going to build the team based on filling the holes of a team that's got like seven, eight win potential. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, I, 
I know you're going to have problems, and they've they've chosen to have that be yeah. the problem. Like they, because they also they value safety a lot. So they addressed that in free agency. They yes. kept Rodney McLeod. They drafted Kayvon Wallace last year. Let's see what he does with the new system. Um, and and they've got all these linebackers that they've got, like young guys from last year. They converted guys this year that they drafted in a linebacker, so they're working out a lot of things there. It's just like that is the one spot that they pretty much ignored, and they got somebody. So, like, I just – I mean, Dallas is probably going to shred them offensively this year. Like, mm-hmm, Dallas yeah. is just going to be a problem in that way. So you're going to have issues, but – you're just not going to have a good team. So I, I'm okay with it. As much as I know it's going to hurt on Sundays, like big picture, I'm taking it for what it is, man. Like get your pieces, build your foundation, and we'll figure it out. I'm just not ready for like the stress level because given everything that's going on with the league and how it's formatted going into this season, you're talking about 17 games. You still got that extra wild card spot. It's like as bad as this team is, that – that stress of never truly being out of it because the division is still going to be bad. I mean, Washington's got uh, issues. They have some quarterback situations. The Giants are the Giants. They tend to fold up when the pressure mounts. And then the Cowboys will be front runners forever. And then all of a sudden, they don't know how to play any defense and they don't stop anybody. So it's like, you can be like, hey, we didn't address this. But realistically, as bad as this is and as many chances as you have to make up games or get a win here, uh, the, the math makes my mind hurt. Yeah. Because and, and then we're drafting. Because you're talking about yeah. maybe getting in at 7 yeah. and 10. And eight, then we're nine, drafting nine, 14th eight. next year. Exactly. And, and who are we taking? Who's that number 14 overall Well, they're going to draft like 14th, but they could also be drafting what, like 10th and 25th or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they're going to have, they're going to have a lot of opportunity here. So they're going to have a lot of picks yeah. next year. I mean, they could come out of next year's draft and what do you know? It's like, was it 2002 all over again yeah. where they have Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown and like all they just have a new secondary, Michael Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Like they, I mean, who knows? But like they, they have time to figure this out. They got picks. So you, you just let it breathe. Just let it breathe a little. <laughs> I, I, I just see some type of fever dream scenario for Howie where he has seven third rounders. He trades everything <laughs> and literally just takes the entire third round of the draft. Oh, goodness. And he actually gets fist bumps from everybody and they exactly. meet it yeah. next time. Exactly. Like they really actually give him an emphatic bump. Exactly. That's the other thing. Can, why can the Eagles go no days without being unnecessarily dramatic? Exactly. I don't. I don't get it. And I and I and I covered that story for us again. And so last time we did with the whole fist bump fiasco and what happened and how he's saying, hey, we had two guys. The one guy went. We made the trade, and the one guy went where we would have been. So we had to pick the other guy, and everybody wasn't on that same accord. But it's like, dude, you can't do anything right. Like we can't go one day without there's some type of drama about somebody second guessing somebody in this organization. And it makes you think like, yo, how far can this go before it completely implodes? Like we're rolling on and you're like, okay, we'll 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 trust that it was Carson and Doug that were the problem and let's see oh how he made the draft pick we all wanted in the first round. So let's 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 ride this out again. And see what it goes on, but like stuff like this just can't keep continuing because eventually this shit is gonna explode, and it's gonna be all she wrote, and this team is gonna be from bad to really, really, really bad because you can't keep having these type of issues within your organization. Nobody's gonna wanna come here. Nobody's gonna wanna work for your organization. Nobody's gonna wanna be in that front office or be a part of that nonsense because you're going back and forth with guys on a regular basis. It seems like. So it, there's a lot of drama surrounding this team. 
There's a lot of drama. It's weird, though, because, uh, what was it, the Panthers were asking about somebody to to interview him as an executive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of these guys in the scouting department all, like uh, Andrew Barry had gotten picked up, and he went to the Browns. And, yeah. like, got, for whatever reason, people around the league look at what the Eagles have in the front office, and they're always jealous. Like, people are always interested in what we got going on, regardless of how good the team is. So they're doing something right there, but it is weird. Like, you get those stories of... What was it? Lori's son has a friend or whatever that's well, like making decisions exactly. and, and the departments it, are disconnected. Is it they think that the Eagles staff is ultimately gettable because everyone hates Howie. <laughs> Pretty <right>? much. <laughs> like, oh, 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 there will be people <laughs> waiting a bit. Wednesdays at 730 on UPN. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people, they know there's people waiting a bill from that ship. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, he'll be dropping off. Yeah, we don't have to over negotiate with this guy. We're not going to overpay him at all. He. You kidding me? He wants to get out from under Howie's, you know, little Poindexter thumb. <laughs> it could be part of it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, clearly it's not totally harmonious over there. So mm-hmm. they, they got some things to work on. But the, the other thing that bothers me about this, it, it's really weird because the whole Hurts situation is strange anyway, right? Like they clearly did not want him to be the starter. Yeah. And now he's going to be. So you drafted this guy to be a long-term developmental backup. Now you're forced to start him. If it doesn't work with him as a starter, you might have to move on from him because it'll be weird to keep him around if you draft another guy. Or like, I don't know, there's just ways where this could go weird where they drafted a developmental backup and they might not even have that Mm. when you had the franchise guy and the backup. Like, it's, it's just a whole... I don't know. It's it's a weird rabbit hole we get exactly. down with all you'll, this hurt stuff, man. You'll be you'll be in a a Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen type scenario where like you you drafted the guy, you thought he could be a project or something like that, and then like the next year because they could be potentially horrendous this year, they're drafting a quarterback with whatever that that first first round pick is. Yeah, or trading up, or they're trading yeah. up with all those picks to get whoever is the hot guy out of college next year because the team is so bad and because that completely didn't work so it is rough like your whole team could be retooled and turned around of one horrendous season yeah if the jets wanted like justin fields then zach wilson is our starting quarterback right now yeah yes absolutely it's crazy so yeah you never know man you never know i just died a little inside oh i mean we were we did the draft show and we were sitting here going all right, Justin Fields is still there at 10. Are they legitimately going to do this? <laughs> and then, all right, they wrote the right name. And so we all exhaled. But still, it was a possibility then. People, we were thinking about it. Like, you know, there were people in the room that were hoping it was Justin Fields. for Christ's sake. Well, yeah. Now, I guess the question is, do you think they did that because – it was they like hurts that much or or you know they like him a little bit or they just don't like fields that much well what's the difference between fields and hurts <laughs> what's i mean well i would say fields is a much better talent i mean it's kind of like you know it, it's the spider-man meme they do essentially the same thing <laughs> fields might be a better thrower <laughs> but i mean at this level with who they're going to be around neither of them are going to be productive you would assume yeah. neither well, of them is going to look good or really develop. Yeah, you at least with the pick you did make, you give uh, Hertz the chance and the opportunity to at least progress as far as he possibly can. You get him a guy he knows he's thrown past through, he has chemistry with, 
and also old knobby knees. Oh, no, nah, you know, also the, you know, the receivers he played with last year where he had some character. He was putting up 300 yard games. So, like, you're giving him the opportunity to succeed so that you can, if it doesn't work, you can say, hey, it's not like we left the kid out to dry. Like, his well, first draft we had where he was a starter, we went offensive, you know, playmaking skill player. So we're trying mm-hmm. to help this kid succeed. If he doesn't, that's on him. And then that makes it easier for them to cut bait later. And that's a lot how these organizations work. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have enough things around him. Exactly. Yeah. We got you the we got you the O lineman, we got you the and we drafted a running back. So we don't want to hear shit from you, Jay. Oh, yeah, Larry. the it's Eagles grab bag of running backs now. Oh my goodness. That's Kenneth Gainwell sounds like an R and B superstar. Doesn't he? He does. He does. Kenny Kenny Gainwell sounds like an R&B superstar. Now he's well. Did did he move from Kenny to Kenneth or Kenneth to Kenny? Because he changed it. I know he he decided once he went pro, he wanted to be known as a different one. Just make it Ken. (laughs) Ken There we go. Ken Gainwell's an accountant. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's got his MBA from Harvard and. Ken Gainwell, money management. <laughs> Ken Gainwell, money management. LLC. <laughs> but yeah, they have a slew of running backs. Uh, a lot's been made. Also, not to toot my own horn, I have another thing about the running back room and all of that uh, on lastoutmedia.com. But they have a slew of running backs that they can have uh, to their disposal. And everybody's wondering, well, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Uh, we liked Boston Scott, but realistically, is he a guy? Yeah, that you I, still want to use? I think he's their prime cut candidate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I would believe so. Mm-hmm. You immediately that's the name that comes to mind, and then they did bring in the two veterans in Jordan Howard and Carryon Johnson. So you, you you may see them keep one of those as well and go maybe three backs. I doubt if they go four. They can go three backs, and it's probably one of those vets. Sanders and then Dorky. Well, game. yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting question, right? Because Sirianni, if if we are going off the Colts stuff and everything mm-hmm. they seem to be doing right now, then this is going to be very Coltsy. Yeah. And he will play three backs. Coltsy. Well, and that's the very thing. Coltsish. Colts, yes, Colt, Coltsish, Coltsy. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll put up a poll. Um, so you look at it, you go, maybe there are four running backs on the team. I mean, if they like using running backs that much and they're rotating these guys, because the the Colts last year, I mean, they wanted to use Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, and Naheem Hines and use all three of those guys. Mack got hurt, so that changes their equation a little bit. But that's what they wanted to do. When you have the inevitable running back injury. Exactly. Yeah, I guess it's just a question. The only thing that would change it, though, is, I mean, special teams, like maybe Boston Scott is your fourth running back and he's returning kicks. Like, I don't see any reason to have Jordan Howard and Carryon Johnson on the team. No, not at all. Wouldn't make any sense. No. And and I was glad. It's the second he got released, I was like, I would love to see him compete with Jordan Howard. And they did it. So good for them. I mean, let's. Jordan Howard's a very limited player. Exactly. Yeah. He's got one speed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, even when he was in Chicago, that was the weird thing. He had like a crazy good season yeah, or two in Chicago. Had, he had a thousand. And he but had he had like, like what? Tariq Cohen right behind him. Yeah. And then well, all of a sudden it was. Huh? Bye, Jordan. Well, yeah, they got you rid like of the him. guy that can catch I mean, passes better. They ran the <laughs> same play with him, it felt like, every single time in Chicago, where they would run the ball up the middle, and the guard from one side would pull to the other side, and he would basically be a fullback. Mm-hmm. And they just ran that play, like, every single time. And it was just so much meat with, like, all these yeah, linemen and Jordan Howard. It was just big, heavy meat, and they were just throwing it at people, and he would just pull people over. But that was it. And yeah. so, like, now when he's a free agent and people, he's 26. 
and nobody wants that guy. It's like, man, that's yeah, he's he's yeah, a limited player, man. On so the running backs, man, they say what is it, two, three seasons at most? Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Yeah. It's NFL, not for long. That's what it's and especially with running backs. I mean, you look at these guys, it's just it's brutal. Like uh I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh Saquon Barkley. How great do you feel about his future? He's what, twenty five? Exactly. Toward the ACL. I it's rare you see him be the same player. I mean, we saw what, you know, AP did, Adrian Peterson, how he came back from the ACL and was great. But that's not everybody. You can't count on that for every player in that position. Yeah. Like, that dude's a freak and will be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we don't I mean, know if yeah. going to Like, like how good was Chris Johnson? Exactly. And he just J2K, faded out. Baby. Yeah. Or a guy <laughs> like Larry Johnson. Even. Grandma Larry Johnson to the yeah. Chiefs. He's I got that jersey. I don't know why I got that yeah. jersey. Wow, that's a jersey. I, I have the Larry Johnson Chiefs. That's here. a jersey. That's in the collection. Sony Michelle. Sony First round yeah. pick with the Patriots. They declined his fifth year option this year, and so he's probably on the street next year. Like, exactly. or or at least he's taking a significant pay cut if they're going to keep him around. Like that was a first round run in New England, where they love to find guys exactly. for niches and use the shit out of them in those. Markin like is more likely to be on a roster this year somehow. Who would have thought that? Yeah, that's crazy. Probably the Eagles practice squad too. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> there, like, like that. That's one of the things with, with an upcoming Eagles season that we, we might want to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the practice guy guy, like the practice squad guy that comes in in like week 11 that's going to light the world on fire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> A la Travis Fulgham. And we're like, oh, we're buying all this stock in this unnamed trash man <laughs> that just got on the roster. Who's going to be that guy? Because you know they're going to mismanage this to the point where there's going to be some gem sitting on their practice squad that's never going to get any burn. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> That sounds like a good piece, honestly. Yep. It's just like blindly speculating at random guys from some mid-conference school you've never heard of and being like, yep, this is going to be the guy that everybody's in love with come August, you know? Now, do now with this whole carry-on thing, is there any chance at all he pushes Miles Sanders or cuts into his time? Not No, I chance. don't think so. Now, is that a Sirianni thing where he'll actually give Miles, you know, 25 touches a game or... Is that just carry on as his own sort of reclamation project? Yeah, I, I mean, carry on Johnson. I, I believe he had a knee injury. He, yeah. Like he, so, for him, he was a second round pick. He's got talent. He's yeah. a young guy, right. but he's just not as dynamic. I mean, Sanders is just like how many seventy yard runs for touchdowns did that guy have oh, last year? Won me a fantasy championship. There you go. <laughs> like he's. I mean, he's got his problems, and I think they solved that a little bit getting Gainwell in here to catch yeah. some passes. So okay, you take the receiving a little bit out of Sanders' hands. Now you can run him a little bit more and carry on Johnson. I think it's like short yardage, change of pace. Exactly. That kind of thing. I don't know if anybody gets, you know, in a given game would get 20 carries, whoever the lead back was. I just think they're going to move the and ball around you, a lot. You're going to have to make it 20 touches. You might be able to get Sanders 15 carries, and then you throw him five attempts from out of the backfield or something like that on some swing passes. And then how much does Jalen run? Well, that's what exactly. I was just thinking, right. too. Because he's quick to move out of that pocket. He doesn't stay there long. That was one thing we saw immediately from the change from Carson Wentz is that Jalen ain't seeing it. Jalen is gone. He's not staying there and being the statue and holding it for as long as he possibly can, trying to make a play when there's no play to be made. But, like, read option. I mean, just yeah, how many exactly. times do you run a read option where Jalen Hurts is, is designed the to keep the ball? return of the dreaded RPO. <laughs> well, yeah, for Hurts, he's a guy that can run it. And Did if he's willing. Those? 
Yeah, uh, no, no, no. We loved him when it was yeah. uh, Foles doing it, and it was always tight. Which is the lid, which is the guy the that plant. shouldn't be running it. Like that was the thing. It's like Foles, yeah, whatever. Like, that know was he's insane. Not gonna run it and throwing it to Earth in a slant. Like why do they keep falling for it? But hey, he's getting yeah. first down. Like, it worked. Working. Once every seventeen times, he would keep it, and it would be the most stressful six yard gain. <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, but he did it. And that's the thing. Like, it, uh, that is the one mystery that I will never get over is Wentz running and designed runs and all that <laughs> yeah. with, the, with the last couple of seasons. I just don't understand it. I don't think I'll ever understand it. Uh, that was one of his best skills, and they just didn't mm-hmm. use it enough. So oh, they should use it with Hurts. Like, he better run a good bit. They might as well. Exactly. These design runs where he takes off himself. Like, you have to utilize every part of his skill if you think he's going to be something that – can be a piece for the future. You can't just uh, limit him and limit what you want to do with him and try to make him something he isn't. He is adept to running and getting out of the pocket, being able to move and uh, throw, do some play action maybe because there's going to be threats of running, especially if you've got an offense where Sirianni is going to be running the ball constantly. You would think play action is probably going to be big this season for them. So, yeah, there's a lot of options that come with this team. And it's gonna be it's it's gonna be strange to watch because like you 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 hope for something good to be surprised to be you know to be wrong like you 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 want to be wrong about what you see with your eyes when you look over this roster, but then again you're like if they crash and burn I'm not I'm not at all upset or surprised because this team just isn't that good uh, player to player when you look at the. Well, the, the injury history is the thing that worries me a lot just because it happens every year. Yeah. The, training, oh, yeah. the training staff changes, and they're still injured all the time. So, like, that's the Dickerson concern, and that's the team concern. But offensively, I mean, if they're a ball control team, but they are running Hurts a little bit, now you've got deep play threats all over the place. You kept Hurts, whether they wanted to or not. I mean, the guy's going to yeah. be here, odds yeah. are, this year now. So you've got mid-range game with the tight ends. You've got the running backs underneath. You've got the deep options. Like, they've got a lot of different things at their disposal here. If Sirianni's a good coach, they could score a decent number of points. Like, they could win seven, eight, nine games. I mean, it's that's mm. totally... It, I totally it's, believe oh, it. In the now. NFC mm. East... It's the NFC East here. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a member of the football team. Exactly. Now. <laughs> exactly. That's a guaranteed two losses. I think <laughs> the Giants Fitz, could, in theory, no, I, be okay. We no, could split the, with the Giants. We keep, yeah. saying, we keep saying it, but then they keep sweeping the Giants every season, it seems like. If Saquon's playing, I mean, that. And they still beat him for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> The, the Giants are difficult. coin flip. Dallas, I, it's going to be, I do they have a defense this. or do they yeah. not? But Washington, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't blow up last year. That's that's the thing. So he might show up and just be god-awful this whole year. <laughs> like, you just don't know, know with he him. So that's one of those four interception games. You never know he's going to go off. Like, don't let that Tampa game, like, get in your head where he, like, went. Speaking Insane. of which, they yeah. got Tampa. Oh, they, they got, got Kansas City. Oh, it's going to. Right? They're going to see some games. They've got New Orleans again, who will still be good. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. James, yeah. I don't know. But, you know. Okay. And then, with the schedule though. being out tomorrow, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have a better idea of all this. Like, they got to play Atlanta. Yeah. Detroit's not going to be a pushover. Yeah. Denver, who knows? That could be Denver, a toss-up. Who knows? If, they're if, both, if they have if Aaron Rodgers. Because <laughs> they, they really could get Rodgers. Yeah. So if he ends they up there and you're going against that, that's a loss. Yeah. That's a guaranteed loss. Right I'm, now, Drew Locke or Bridgewater, like maybe they, yeah. they could win that. I'm willing to guarantee the Jets game. That's it. <laughs> the Jets game that's the only it. thing I'm comfortable calling. 
Oh man, it's a shame. But I, 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 I really think this team has some potential to do something because. But I do hear Matt's trepidation, and I get it because defensively. I'm not seeing how they stop anybody from scoring 30 points every single game. Like, the defensive line took a major step back to me last year. I know they made a lot of pressures, and they were able to get the quarterback, but they weren't making sacks. They weren't actually getting stops. And, again, they weren't turning the ball over. This team doesn't take the ball away. And they have shown me nothing in this draft that's told me they're going to start taking the ball away yeah. now. This is a team that could lose a bunch of games where it's 30 to 20-something or 30 some, 35 to, like, yeah. 28. They're going to lose a bunch of those games because defensively it's just not there. I've heard a lot of talk about how, oh, Javon Hargreaves, like, you know, needed a year to adjust to not being a nose tackle. I'm not sure if I believe that. Right, if he's just going to be able to step in this year and you know be that kind of pro bullish guy again, and you know when it comes to Fletcher, I mean he's the linchpin of the defense, and eventually he's going to break down. I mean the dude's been double teamed every year for what since he came into the league. I mean how much longer does he really have at his level? Yeah. And I'm more worried about the defensive ends. I mean, yeah. it's just Brandon Graham at his age, Derek Barnett is whatever, and he's got an injury history. Yeah. I like Josh Sweat, but do I, like, absolutely love Josh Sweat? Not really. So they got problems there. Like, defensive end worries me. Hargrave, I saw something on Hargrave that his pass rush win rate, which I don't know who calculated that, but whatever, it was, like, top four in the league. So he's doing something right. That sounds like a PFF stat. Exactly. It, it does. Yeah. Sound, so then you take it for what it's yeah. worth. But it's one of those things where you go, okay, well, if he's ranked fourth in the league at some sort of pass rush statistic, he's at least not awful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's clearly doing things, something right. So I look at that and I go, okay, that's something comfortable. The guy they drafted, what is it, Milton, uh, what's his name, uh, the third rounder, who's apparently Aaron Donald now. He compares to Aaron Donald, so now <laughs> he is Aaron Donald. We've officially drafted Aaron Donald in the third <laughs> round. Milton Williams from yeah, Louisiana Tech. Milton Williams, there you go. Yeah, so He's for, a raging Cajun. There you go, and so am I. Um, so I, I'm feeling it with All right, him. All right, Lash LaRue. Yeah, I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm feeling it with him. Like it's it's a good flyer. They're the right team to draft a guy like that and try to develop him. So if the D tackles are all right, then you know they they could get some pass rush. I, you worry about secondary, and we talked about that earlier. But they also got what is it, Marlin Tupulolo? Oh yeah, from USC, and then so on DE, Taron Jackson from Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah, so and he's he's like a low upside, you know, back end roster yeah. guy, but he's one of those high motor guys. High motor guys, how he loves those. Guys. Yeah, no, he, he loves those guys, but yeah, it's <laughs> turnovers are going to be a problem for them. And mm-hmm. I saw another one, and this is this is indisputable, but they were the worst turnover team in the league over the past couple of years. I think yeah. it was like two or three years. Yeah. Uh, they're they're dead last in games they lost the Minus turnover margin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's you know that that's going to be a big thing. Honestly, losing Wentz. Helps with that. Yeah. Fumbled the ball all the damn time. I mean, he fumbled constantly. He recovered enough of them, but he fumbled all the time. He threw a lot of picks. In theory. I mean, it hurts fumbled nine times in four games. Well, yeah, it hurts yeah. fumbled too. So and he had a couple picks too. Yeah. It wasn't exactly but, yeah. a shining difference. <laughs> yeah, okay. his, his turnover ratio wasn't scratched. All right, bring, bring Sudfeld back. Let's yeah. get Sudfeld. Let's, let's <laughs> trade Sudfeld. the 49ers. Let's get him back. Oh, man. But, uh, I mean, we've talked enough birds for now, but for a team that doesn't have as as many questions as the Eagles have, but they do have questions, and you're starting to see 
so much inconsistency. I wanted to talk about the Phillies and the fact that they got hot for a stretch there. Then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. It was like they were winning. They were they were in first place. Everybody talking about they were the only team in the division with a winning record. I swear, I went and got a beer from the fridge, came back, and they're not in first place anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. Like, I don't know what happened. Can you tell me, everyone, like uh what happened that, you know, the surge just ended and are they capable with the roster as it is without making any changes toward, you know, maybe the trade deadline to uh get that consistently where we can see these streaks last longer and not just all of a sudden cave in on themselves. No. <laughs> yeah, they're not High capable of like yeah. being a wild card team without making a move. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the outfield and it's a joke. It, I mean, really, you you have no answer for center field. They got to figure that out. That's a big time problem. So, that's something they got to upgrade. Then you just look at, man, I mean, the, the bench is brutal. All these different guys that they're double switching in. Um, you you got to find answers. They got to try to get somebody and bring them in here. Because for now, part of the unfortunate thing is you've had injuries. So, like, Bryce missing games here and there. Hoskins had a week where he was hot. <laughs> that's yeah. that's off the chart. So, yeah. you expected the offense to be great, and it's not. Like, it, that, no. that was supposed to be a top five offense in baseball. Yeah. The, you're not seeing that. So, when that's a problem, the defense isn't there. They're making silly mistakes, whether it's not handing in the lineup card or mm-hmm. dumb throws that j- just, you know, they, they go wide to the first baseman or they make a bad play and you're costing yourself extra inning games. Like, it, it, it's just or Hector's just throwing away games. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. too. So it, it's just so many things are going wrong with them, and they've been winning some close games. But yeah, you need to see the offense really come alive for them. That's what this team is supposed to be, and they don't have that right now. So could they figure that out? Yeah, I mean, they got plenty of time, and baseball, it seems to be guys hit a rhythm, and they sync up, and then you get a couple of weeks where the offense is clicking, you get a lot of wins. But until that time comes, you got to be worried because the division has played under expectations this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you never know like what could happen and who could jump. Because right now, I, don't, I think it's the Mets now who are in first place. I think they're like a game or two over five hundred. It's not much, but yeah, I mean, this switch back and forth all this early season so far. Like you've had the Braves up top, you've had the Phillies, you've had the Mets. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. And it's scary knowing that if you just get it together for long enough, you could steal this division because nobody's trying to jump out there and be the front runner. It's just it, it it's also frustrating in that way because you feel like they could do so much more or they could take advantage of uh being in a perfect spot where there isn't that much, you know going well, for the rest well, of Well, they gotta take advantage of this slow start for everybody yeah, else yeah. and it's unfortunate when you have like one of the worst losses ever and it's to Atlanta in a series that yeah. you could have won and that's that's the rubber game for you essentially like that's brutal I mean that's that's absolutely yeah. brutal that was a game they had to have in that moment they lost it three times maybe yeah. that same game so it's just that's a devastating loss oh uh, yeah that that game was just horrendous I mean they had to lead three different times <laughs> I still have nightmares at the yeah. bottom of the eleventh inning. Like I don't even want to talk about that. Just it, it, it it's crazy. I mean, it's gotten to a point where you know we're the bullpen's okay, and we just have to accept that. But I mean, they still don't have the right depth at starter. Like we're you know giving Vince Velasquez pats on the back for making it five and a half innings. <laughs> exactly. Good job. Right, that that's where it's come to when it's not Eflin Wheeler or Nola, and then you know Nola is having some type of weird 
you know, 2019 Sixers road exactly. you know, phenomenon that's happening. And you know, there's a question mark at nearly every position, right? Left field, Kutch isn't going to make it through the season, it seems like, which sucks. But, you know, center field is a black hole where nobody is thriving. I mean, we've gotten to a point they've gotten through six guys. Like, they've had to play Odubel Herrera. That's how bad it got. Oh, yeah. Center, uh, second base is just, you know, it's Gene until Gene goes cold, which is, you know, any day now. <laughs> and then you, obviously we can't rely on Kingery. And I mean, Nick Maton looked hot for a minute. Reese Hoskins can't walk anymore. I mean, th- that's yeah. the thing that really bothers me is is that was the thing that you could always rely on. I mean, to have a guy at the top of the lineup, even if, if, if he's going to occasionally hit and hit hot and, and get your leadoff runner in, great. But if he couldn't, he was always getting on base. Now he's striking out more. He's walking less. He gets dropped in the lineup. That is devastating for them to lose that kind of production. And it, it, for Reese... The last thing you thought was he would take a step back. You expect highs and lows, but yeah. the eye yeah. is something he's had from the moment he got into the league. He's always had a good eye, and he doesn't even have that. Does does Reese give you Pat Burrell vibes at all hmm. when he's up at the plate? Well, I like Reese, and I, I didn't like Pat Burrell. So, um, <laughs> no, I'll say no for that very selfish reason. No. <laughs> it's just it, it seemed like a guy, Pat, early in his career could hit not only the cover off the ball, but he was hitting to all over the place. You know, he was getting doubles. He was able to draw walks. And then slowly he just stopped being able to hit breaking balls, a little like what happened to Howard. And then once that went, uh, everything just sort of tumbled after that. And I feel like that's what I'm seeing a lot from Hoskins lately. Which is brutal because he's what, like 27? 20? Yeah. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's not the kind of guy that should be exactly right. losing that touch right now. Yeah. Right. We picked him over Darren Ruff. Exactly. <laughs> Darren <laughs> Ruff out there with, you know, Oh, boy. Old. <laughs> old Abe, Abe Spatler. Abe Spatler. We don't say that name it's on this program. It's Gabe Kapler. We don't say that Make name Make sure you call program. me Kapler. My name is Kapler. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, man. But the pitching machine. <laughs> the curveball machine. <laughs> the curveball Classic. Machine. Absolutely classic. Oh, man. Before we got here, we did touch on it earlier. Uh, we kind of talked about Russell Westbrook and... The, the triple doubles and all that and things being overrated and underrated and people wanting to know what they thought of him. We're not going to know him specifically, but I did want to know, you know, we all cover sports. We all covered the games. We've all been to a million games. Had, has there anybody been in your mind that you had a certain perspective uh, just looking at it in passing, you know, seeing it on TV, then you actually go see this person play in person and you're like you know what i think i rated this guy wrong like i'm, I'm seeing stuff when i'm actually watching it going now nah, nah, this dude is either better or worse than what i thought <laughs> is there anybody that sticks out of your mind i i can't say i've seen enough live games like that to really say an opinion change also when i'm in a game i just treat it differently when I, i'm way less attentive when i'm at a game i don't know why that happens but for the most part that's exactly how i operate i'm more just like talking to people and walking around the stadium so i, I i'm always drifting whereas when i'm watching on tv i'm locked in so for me, I haven't had any experiences like that. But for Russell Westbrook, I mean, I don't know. He's just one of the most confusing, interesting, fascinating, divisive players that I've ever seen. 
<laughs> I mean, he's he is what the classic basketball guy, those guys who were like, oh, basketball in the 80s and 90s was so much better. Like, Russell Westbrook is their fucking guy. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's diehard effort all the time, elite athleticism, nasty guy. And for him to show all those things and have triple doubles every night, he's going to be somebody that like 30 years from now, people are going to look back at him and be like, wow, Russell Westbrook was like the greatest player ever. And then people who live through it are going to be like, uh, actually about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so strange how, what the numbers are and what he gives to a team and how valuable he is to winning. They just feel like very difficult things to truly understand. Yeah. I, I weigh on the negative side of all of this. He gives me, on some level, he actually gives me Carmelo Anthony vibes, like what he was with the Knicks, where oh, he yeah. was scoring like crazy and he was clearly a star player, but was he a guy that like led a team to titles? I never thought he was that guy. He's made a great career for himself and he's a Hall of Famer. So like I'm not I'm not trying to totally bash him, but they just feel like the same camp to me. And with Westbrook setting the record with triple doubles, it's it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, like and I'll do two points. Like with Russell Westbrook, I think he's rated right where he should be. I mean, like you can well to me, it's He's a great player. He has a great skill set. He can do amazing things on the floor. But no, I'm not going to put him in the the list of the greatest point guards ever. We're not doing that because of the style in which he plays, it contributes to him putting up the numbers he puts up. It's not about like traditionally being a point guard who's a floor general, who's out there reading defenses, making the right pass, not having the turnovers. He's thrown away way more games than he's won with the way he plays. So I'm not getting ready to overrate him and be like, oh, yeah, y'all y'all slipped on Russell Westbrook. He's one of the greatest ever. I'm not doing that. He's very great. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I don't got him up there, and I think that's perfectly fine. And I think it's like that with about most people. It's like 50% of the people overrate him, 50% of the people underrate him. They don't give him enough credit. A lot of people don't get trying to give him too much credit. But he's like right in the middle. You can go, he's a great player. He has a great skill set. But don't be trying to call him one of the greatest to play his position because he's just not because of the style in which he plays and the time frame of the league and how the league is structured now and the way they play. It it just lends itself to him putting up the numbers he's put up. But the player, I saw, like, I would watch the games and be like, all right, this dude is a bum. Is <laughs> I would watch the Sixers <laughs> mid-2000s and go, who the hell is Thaddeus Young? Like, I don't like Thaddeus Young. Like, I hate still, the in name, the, still in the league. Still in the league. I hate the name Thaddeus. <laughs> I went to the game. like when How many dudes you don't name Thaddeus? <laughs> How many Thads you know? <laughs> Not that many. It's him. And then I grew up watching the show Recess. On yeah. <laughs> Thaddeus T. Third, the third, was yeah. the founder of the school, Third Street School. <laughs> I remember that. But that's the only Thaddeus as I know. But no, I was I had tickets like to a bunch of games during like the crux. Mm-hmm. And it was uh those hingy, those bad years, like when right before he left, where I was literally sitting right behind the bench and it was like sixty bucks. I'm directly behind the bench and it was sixty bucks. So you know how bad the team was. Yeah. We and they were playing the Bucks. They lost by thirty and they got destroyed by OJ Mayo. He put up like forty points. And I'm sitting there, but Thaddeus Young was hustling every single play. He had no quit. He was like, I don't care if we're getting destroyed. I'm going to give you 120 percent every single time. I'm going up and down this floor, and I'm like, you know what? I gained a lot of respect for Thaddeus. And from that moment on, I'm like, right, Thaddeus is my guy. I don't care where he goes. Oh, there goes Thaddeus Young. That's my guy right there. Buying all the Thaddeus Young stock. I'm the other way around with a player just, I think, a little before that era. Sammy D'Alembert. Oh, 
I'm going to tell you Dallin Bear 2020 game. I thought that that dude was the truth. I was like, oh, wow, he's next. Like, this is, we got our center. And then he turned out to be a bum. Like, that dude was <laughs> terrible. I have no idea what conned me into thinking all these positive things. Maybe I was young and impressionable, eh. and I just wanted the Sixers like to said, win. He did stuff that didn't matter. Like, I literally, I was at a game. I was, we had, like, club boxes. He had a 20-20 game. He had 20 mm-hmm. points and 20 rebounds. And I'm like, this meant nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I, I still don't see any of it. I'm like, they are playing a much smaller team as far as uh, down – down low in the post, he's going to get rebounds. He was going to be able to score points. He's got a little yeah, baby. Probably playing the Charlotte Bobcats. Yeah, at it that was point. something like that. And you know, they won the game, but I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, even with this, I'm not impressed. And that says something. When the dude can give you 20 points and 20 boards, and you not be impressed. Jumping back to your whole Westbrook thing, he's like an oddly transcendent player. Like we're always going to remember everything he's done because nobody's ever done it before. Yeah. And it's possible that he could usher in. A change into sort of how the point guard All position point is played. Are Fifteen boards a game. <laughs> well, think about it. Like Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons, in ways, are very similar. Yeah, they both have triple double potential at any given night. Russell Westbrook can't shoot, but does. Yeah, he'll and pull Ben's up just the 30, opposite. I mean. He just doesn't shoot, right? But they're two guys who are changing the way that point guard is played, right? With their size, with their athleticism, with well. I feel like Russ should be a better defender than he is. Yeah, he should and with his athleticism. Yeah, the way he can and his range. Stay with guys. Yeah. Nobody's going to run past him. He should be able to play better defense than that. Yeah, but it's it just seems something where it it's not like a seismic shift, not yet, because they're sort of like the two outliers, but they're the first crack. They're that sort of fissure. Well, you do see a lot of bigger guys now. I mean, that you can say certain guys in the same universe. Like, I think Ben Simmons, Zion, Julius Randle, those guys are in, like, a similar vibe of, of really tall players that can attack the basket but can also move the ball around. They're all in different degrees of talent, whatever. But, like, those guys are similar. I mean, they, they all operate as point guards, essentially. I still have no idea what to think of Zion. Oh, Zion's amazing, man. I mean, Zion's incredible. I, I'm so have, in on Zion. I still have yet to see him shoot a basketball. What? what the heck have you been doing? He shoots. I've only seen him dunk. I've seen him shoot. I've yeah, I swear I've never. Started. Dude, his like first, first game, game, he had like three threes. His first game was awesome. <laughs> that first, that was one of the best NBA games I've ever seen with Zion coming in. Just, it was just three, three, three. And then they pulled him at the end because of the yeah. minutes restriction and yeah. they lost. Like that game was unbelievable. That was so much fun. But yeah, I, I'm not sure what his percentages are, but he can hit a three He and he takes them. So. To have a guy of that kind of talent, and I mean, the way he just bullies people around the net is just awesome, dude. He is so much fun. I mean, th- there's so many good young players right now, man. Oh, like, yeah. it, it's Zion, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony yep. Edwards has been killer this year. I love John Morant, like, more oh, than oh, anybody. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's just so many really... Trey uh, Young? Trey Young. LaMelo? Like, just, I mean, there's so many young players that are so good. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's great for the NBA. But anyway, going back to the point guard stuff, like... With Russ, um, he is a weird guy. I don't know how many people can emulate what he does. He's just such a weird athlete, and I don't know how many coaches would allow him to do it. I mean, Westbrook spent basically his whole career with Scotty Brooks. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the equation here. And I I wonder with Westbrook, because for him, he is such a freak athlete, and it has been so much about him. I just wonder when he's older, if he almost gets better, like he becomes more of the natural point guard that people want him to be. 
when he's not like you know, once he's like 37 and he's got the athleticism of a normal 25 year old, yeah. you know, like when, does he, knee, when he's like, oh, my knee's a little sore. Yeah, <laughs> like he, easy he becomes a human being. He, he's a guy that I could see easily playing in the league at like 42. I just wouldn't bat an eye like Stockton did it and he played every game. And that's like the classic Habenegger kind of thing. But like, could Russell Westbrook play basketball at 39 years old and be like somewhat athletic and do some things like Vince Carter did it? I mean, yeah. I could I mean, Steve, maybe he Steve ages Nash really well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that's the thing. Like I, I think Russell Westbrook could age really well, and it might be one of those things where he could flip the script a little bit. But man, I mean, for what it's worth, like he has had a triple double, hundred eighty two times. It's, it's not nothing. Yeah. Like, it's I, not you nothing. Grow up watching the Jason kids and the other guys he passed the Magic of the world, and you're like, oh my god, they put up all these triple doubles, and it's so hard, and you're never gonna see anybody. buy it. And then he just runs past it. Like half, essentially halfway through his career, he runs like he's gonna obliterate whatever that mark is, mm-hmm. and it's insane. Like you grew up thinking, yo, a triple double is something to have. Like Ice Cube said, he messed around and got a triple double. Like what do you? <laughs> this guy messes around and catches. They might double. just call it a Westbrook by the <laughs> yeah. time he's done. I mean, seriously, you just just call it a Russ or call it a Westbrook, and let's get on with it. And it's, my it's head, his. he's not even like that great a passer. No, like, I don't think of Russell Westbrook, and I think court pass. vision. Yeah, it's no. the easy pass. It's either a long outlet because they're shooting so many threes and he's the one getting the rebound, or it's I'm grabbing into the paint, and then I got the big man, Steven Adams or whoever the hell it is, and I can dish off to him I'll right Kick out to rim. Bertons for three. <laughs> it's good. Oh, man. But I think that's enough for today. We're glad that you tuned in. It's been Right the Radio. As always, I'm your boy Bobby Dubs. Where you can find me is on Twitter. Now, for uh, making John Barchard happy, Rob M. Whitney, at Rob M. Whitney on Twitter. Uh, you can also catch me on Instagram. That's uh, Rob Oderwriter. I'm not changing that one, Barchard. <laughs> <laughs> also, we'll get the book, uh, Hope Over Hurt. It's on Amazon, paperback, uh, and digital. And also, you can find me at the president of the Eli Manning fan club. <laughs> Vince Quinn. All right. Uh, actually, I'm Rob Manoff. Um, <laughs> you can find me at an airport somewhere. I, I just throw a wrench into a plane. I don't actually fix things. I just I make loud noises with a wrench and feel like I fix things. Um, otherwise, you can find me. I'm just taking shots at Manoff for no reason. Um, it's fun. Uh, uh, it is fun, actually. I, I should keep doing this. Um, <laughs> so you can find me uh, here, mostly. Last Out Media. I mean, just look us up, lastoutmedia.com. You're, you're watching us now, so you know subscribe to the YouTube channel or, or follow us on Twitter, whatever you're doing. And if you got a podcast and you need help or you just want to come in and record and use the space, hit me up at It's Vince Quinn. It's all one word, It's Vince Quinn. I am Matt Maratea. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about Tim Tebow running crossing patterns and catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> the possibilities of the pistol formation out in Jacksonville, the fact that he's going to sell out jerseys in the preseason and he's either going to fund their move to London or somehow make Jacksonville a viable franchise. Oh, um, other than that, I'll be on Twitter and Instagram at mmeritea22. Uh, you can find me there. You can see any of my writing at Last Out Media. Um, if you want to write, let us know. And, yeah, continue to tune in and read. Don't try and cut my water away.